Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter number 17. Amen. I got to flip there myself. Exodus chapter number 17. How many are happy to be here today? I mean, I'm thrilled to be here today. I love coming to the house of the Lord. And um, it, it's just a, a wonderful place to be. And I think that Lifeway is probably the best thing going on this side of heaven. Okay. I, I know a, I, I may be a little biased there, but I think I, I can afford to. All right. Exodus 17, verse number 8. Won't you stand with me while we read this verse of Scripture? And we'll read down through verse number 16. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go fight. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. It came to pass when Moses held up his hand, everybody say, hell, he held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Everybody say they were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and her, Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady. Everybody say they were steady. Until the going down of the sun. Let me just stop here for a moment and say, when you feel like it gets heavy, the rock can hold you up. Come on, somebody. When things get heavy and your heart and your mind and your hands can't raise like they used to, there is a rock that is Christ Jesus that you can sit upon. That's part of the message today. Let's go on. Verse number 13, and Joshua comforted Amalek. In other words, he defeated him. He discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. I'm here to tell you today, these young people and these kids are in the other classroom. When there is a victory, we need to tell our kids about it. And then we need to remind them what the Lord did for us because they're going to grow up one day and they're going to face the same kind of devil. And we need to have victory already instilled in their life. Okay, let's read on. For I will only put out the remembrance. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, let's raise our hands just for a moment. Come on, let's pray. Come on, somebody needs to speak in that heavenly language and get a little bit of communion with the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. 
Give us your mind today, Lord. Give us your mind today, God. I'm asking you to pray just a little bit more. We're going to pray. Come on, let's pray. Let's get a hold of the throne of grace. There's people in here that need to be an overcomer when they walk out of this place. In the name of Jesus, we're going to break some things down. We're going to break some molds. We're going to... Things are going to be different when I leave here because I'm going to break out of the mold that this world has put me in. In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. We're not going to read anymore. I'm just going to get into preaching here today. I'm here to tell you today, some of you, how many are tired of getting what you've always got in life? If you put in what you put in, you always get out what you put in. It's time to change it up just a little bit. I'm going to preach to you a little bit today, and I don't plan on being very long, about breaking the mold. Everybody say breaking the mold. And I want to hone in on one little thought here today. This story of, of Moses and the children of Israel fighting Amalek. Moses did something that he had not done before. He put a, an action, an outward expression behind victory. He said, I'm going to go to the mountain and I'm going to raise up my hands. And he said, but my hands get lower. You know, things may change, but I, I, I'm going to raise my hands. And as long as my hands are up, I'm going to have some victory. So we find that. Moses, in the midst of trying to get a little bit of victory, trying to lead the children of Israel to the place of, of victory, he got a little bit weary and he got a little bit tired. And sometimes we can come to the house of God and we can go through the motions because we're a little bit weary. We can be a little bit weary in well-doing. I said we can get weary in well-doing. We feel like our praise doesn't really matter. Our praise really doesn't mean anything to anybody else. It really doesn't affect anything in my life. But let me tell you, by one man by the name of Moses raising up his hands, the whole children of Israel got the victory. I'm here to tell you today, when you feel like your hands don't matter, raise your hands anyway. When you feel like your spirit doesn't matter, raise your spirit anyway. When you feel like your soul does not cry, cry out anyway. Because there's victory that is waiting for your praise. I said there's victory waiting on your praise today. Huh. Sometimes we worship when the victory has already come. But Moses had to raise his hands and then the victory came. I'm here to tell you that you need to praise him before the victory. You need to raise your hands before the victory. I want my heart to cry out because I don't want no stone to take my place today. I want my heart to cry out to the king of glory. And when you feel tired, and when you feel let down, and when you feel heavy, let some brother or some sister come alongside of you and instill the word of God, which is the rock of Christ Jesus, and say, hey, I can help you a little bit, but let me put you on a cornerstone. Let me put you on a rock, and let me help you with your hands. Let me help you with your hands of victory. Say, Pastor. What is it about raising hands? The Bible says holy hands we should raise. I said holy hands. 
That's why we repented early on in the service. I hope you've done that because when I repent, I can lift holy hands that is acceptable unto the Lord. I don't want to raise dirty hands. I want to raise uh, uh, some kind of hand that has a, has a motive behind it. The only motive I have is to give glory to the Son of God, to give glory to the one that has the keys to victory, that has the keys to healing, that has the keys to salvation. Why would I not raise my hands unto a victorious? God. Moses tried something he had never done before. Nowhere in scripture to this point was a battle waged and or won with a man's hands and weighing in the balance. Sometimes we got to try something we've never done before to get the victory. Sometimes we got to get beside ourselves. Just say, hey, let's go to war, and you guys go to this side. You go. No, sometimes we got to get beside ourselves. Hey, we're going to do something different here today. Look, we're going to raise hands today. I've heard conversations about people coming to this church and say, man, I really felt like running the aisles today. I really felt you need to try something a little bit different than you've done before. We need to break the mold in our life here today. See, God gave the victory many times before, but in this instance, he says, raise your hands. Exodus chapter number 17 was breaking the mold of victory. If you say that someone breaks the mold, you mean that they do completely different things from what has been done before or from what is usually done. What you're saying, Pastor, what I'm saying is when we come to the house of God and I say, praise ye the Lord. I don't want just kind of, well, yeah, I'm going to praise the Lord. No, I need to say, I'm going to come and raise my hands and love and praise the name of the Lord. Break the mold. Another definition says to make a change that breaks an established habit or pattern. And this is what we get in in the house of God. We get in a pattern of swaying a little bit, right? Tapping our feet just a little bit because that's our comfort zone. One comedian said a lot of people's comfort zone is right here. But you know what? If the king of glory walked into this room right now, I think we'd act a little bit different. If I, wonder, I wonder if you thought of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you, and you allow that to sink into your soul. I believe your soul would cry out to God. And when your soul cries out, your flesh is not worried about what your soul is crying out. It's just going to raise your hands. You're going to magnify the Lord. We're getting somewhere here today. Alex George said this. The best way for you to get noticed is to rock the boat, ring the changes, or break the mold. I want to get the attention of the Almighty God today. I said I want to get the attention of the Almighty God today. So if I repent of my sins and I raise up holy hands to him and I shout, say, Lord, I need you today, Jesus. Lord, I worship you today, Jesus. Lord, I'm the prodigal and I'm running for you, Jesus. There's got to be something of a mold that means to be broken. What is your safe place? What is the moment that you feel like praising God, but then you peel back because it becomes uncomfortable? That is the edge of your mold. I said that is the edge of your mold. Some of us have not run the aisles or shouted or danced in a long time. You've heard, I've heard people say, well, I used to do this. I used to do that. And I'm not saying it's all in a shout and in a dance. But according to Moses, he broke the mold and began to do some outward expression about the victory. 
Let's look at some scripture now. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times, and his praise will always be on my lips. Somebody needs to take the word of God and put some praise on your lips. Maybe your mold, the break, the, the edge of your mold is you speaking praise to God. I said, maybe your mold, the edge of your mold is for you just to open up your mouth and begin to praise the name of Jesus. Some of us don't have a problem with that. Some of us don't have a problem with shouting to the Lord with a voice of triumph. But some of us deal with the fact of just praising God with our lips. Because you know what's on the other side of breaking that mold. You know what's on the other side of that moment of praise. Because your heart will begin to be rent into. Your spirit will be have, perhaps become broken. And you'll begin to exalt the name of Jesus in a way that you've never done before. But oh, if you can just get past the edge of that mold just for a moment and give some praise upon your lips. I'm here to tell you, the rocks don't have to worry about crying out because my voice will be shouting the voice of triumph. So let's do right now. Come on, let's praise the Lord with our lips here today. Come on, let's praise the Lord with our lips right now. Come on, let's be fruitful in our words. Let's be fruitful and wise in my words today. Hallelujah. They don't have to be loud words, but they got to be spoken words. I said they don't have to be loud words. They just got to be spoken words. Some of us have a tendency. No, it's got to, it can't, we can't be just mumble things. I got to speak to him. No matter how, how, how boring it may sound, if it comes from your heart and it comes from the deep parts of your soul, I'm here to tell you all of heaven will rejoice with you as you begin to open up with your lips, extolling and magnifying God. Bible says in Psalms 34, I will extol thee. I will use my lips just once in a while. No, I'm going to do it at all times. You see, there is the thing. That's the other thing that break, mold-breaking scenario is to not do it just on Sunday and not just on Wednesday. But I'm here to tell you, we are the Monday morning church. A Monday morning church opens up their mouth every single day and gives praise to God. Psalms 27, verse number 6 says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. When you get a little bit of words coming out of your mouth, and then it becomes a shout. I'm here to tell you, I heard some shouting unto the Lord here today. I heard some shouting of the goodness of Jesus today. I wonder if somebody can go just from just saying a few things about God. Maybe you're comfortable in that moment, but now the edge of that mold for you is the shouting unto God. Because why, when we shout unto the Lord, why does the pastor get up here and act a fool and spit on people and, and holler and, and get excited? Because I'm shouting about the goodness of God. I wish somebody within their spirit would get out of the edge of their mold and go from just fruitful lips to shouting a voice unto the Lord Jesus Christ today. I wonder if somebody right now, right where you are, maybe you need to get up out of your seat and begin to shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. You say, Pastor, I don't feel the victory. Well, let's go back to the breaking the mold of Moses. He raised his hand, and then there was the victory. Maybe you need to shout and then the victory will come. Maybe you need to open up your mouth and then the victory will come. Maybe you need to shout for joy and then the victory will come. 
Come on, somebody shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Clap, all, clap your hands, all your people. Let's start there. Clap your hands, all your people. Oh, hallelujah. We're breaking the mold today right now. We're breaking down some walls. We're breaking down some barriers here today. Hallelujah. It says, then my head, everybody say my head, will be exalted above the enemies. What is he talking about? My head will be lifted up when I'm praising the name and shouting for the love of Jesus Christ. My lips shall speak. My voice shall shout at his tabernacle. Will I sacrifice with shouts of joy? I will sing and make music to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't hit every note and I don't hit every key. But I know the Lord is pleased when I begin to shout and sing about the goodness of Jesus. I'm glad we got some good singers in this church, and I'm glad we got some good, good musicians, but it's not all about in the goodness of those things. It's about the soul that begins to shout about the goodness of God. Let's go to Psalms 47, verse number 6. It says, sing praises to God. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. I don't know about you, but I remember when he began to walk into Jerusalem, they began to raise those palm branches and sing Hosanna to the I wonder what it would be like if the Lord walked into this place and our hands would go up. Some of us would fall to our knees. Some of us would stand to attention. Some of us would lock eyes with the Savior. Some of, we would do something that we're not necessarily comfortable with because we recognize the king of glory. Just walked in. You see, here's the thing, and I'll in prayer, I think our vision needs to change about who we're worshiping. I said our vision needs to change. What happens is the mold, we're on the edge of that mold. We're on the edge of breaking the mold in our worship. But we need a fresh glimpse of who Jesus is. And we get a fresh glimpse of who he is and what he has done and what he is capable of in my life. Then I can't hold back eating my peace. I said I know my Savior's coming. I can be like blind Bartimaeus and say, thou son of David, have mercy on me. What did he do? He People begin to tell him to shut up. He said, no, i got to cry out just a little bit more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, shut up. They said, no, i got to cry out all the louder. Why? Because my soul understands that Jesus, this king of glory, is walking by. Matthew chapter number 26, verse 26 through 30. And as, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it. And gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. Everybody say he gave thanks. Did he give thanks in his own? No. I believe he began to speak and give thanks. And he gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. Everybody say all. For this is my blood of the New Testament. I like it when it says this is the blood of the New Testament. This is something new. This is a new testimony that's about to happen in your life, which is shed for the many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's something to get excited about. That means the Lord is anticipating us to come to glory with him. 
I said that means the Lord is anticipating to have a reunion with him in heaven. He said, I'm going to drink with you there. I'm going to have a good time. We're going to worship together there. But that's not what I wanted to get to. He says, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink of it new with you in my father's house. And verse number 30, I've never read this before to the understanding of what it was trying to say. And when they had sung a hymn, everybody say they sang. They went out into the Mount of Olives. What is he talking about? I wonder what kind of song they sang. And if I can say it this way, it wasn't a, a, a Catholic mass kind of song. I'm thinking they just, he just gave part of his blood and said, there's a new covenant I'm going to give to you, and we're going to go to heaven one day together, and we're going to worship the Lord. I can envision in my mind the only song that I can sing that would be somewhat compared to the scripture, and we've already sang it today, live and he loved me. Died, he's about to save me. He's going to be buried, but I'm going to be carried away with him one day. So send it on down, Lord. I wish somebody would get to your feet and begin to worship the Lord and say, live and you love me. Died and you saved me. Buried you carried my sins far away. Come on, let's worship the name of Jesus. Let's sing from the abundance of our heart. Let our soul cry out a song of praise. Hallelujah. I feel the abundance of rain about to fall in this place. I feel an abundance of glory about to fall in this place because we have the understanding of a New Testament father that has died on the cross and rose again on the third day and has come to fill us with his presence. So I say taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Let him fill you with benefits. My God, I wish somebody would praise him. My God, I wish somebody would love him. There's a new covenant coming down the road. There is a promise coming down your road. Come on, some of us are on the edge of our mold. It's about to break right now. The dam is about to release the water of victory. Oh, we're getting somewhere. We're getting close. You may be seated. We talked about how we sing, how we talk, how we shout. But there's also posture involved in exalting the Lord. Psalms 95 and 6 says, come and let us bow down and worship him. Oh, I'm here to tell you today, sometimes my knees buckle under the presence of God. Why? Because I'm in the midst of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, I can't do it. I can't weigh the balance of my life according to you. That's why we have an altar to come to. That's why we have a place of worship. But this altar is not just a step. It is a place that I can bow my life before the king of glory. Uh, David said, come let us bow down. So when there's an altar call... There needs not just be one person come and bow. I'm going to go to the altar with him and bow down with him. Now, when I have my posture in a bowing state, the Bible says, come, let us bow down in worship. Everybody say, in worship. 
I don't bow just to get attention. I bow in worship to Jesus. You come to an altar. You come to a moment. Some of us have felt the presence of God and you felt like bowing your knees during worship. You need to bow your knees in worship if you feel like doing it. Why? We say, Pastor, everybody else is standing up and sitting. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. If God feel you feel the weight of God on your life and you feel like you need to bow before and worship him, that means you need to get down on your knees and maybe prostrate before the Lord and say, God, I bow in a prostrate of worship to you. says, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. When you understand that he's the creator and you understand that he's the maker and that he is the maker of all things new, sometimes you got to just fall and crack under the pressure of the weight of the glory of God. There have been times and I felt it. Right when I got to the pulpit here today, I felt my knees begin to tremble. My knees began to get weak. I used to get that, and I still do every once in a while with my wife. I look at her sometimes and say, Lord, my, my God, I don't know how I got you graced me with something so beautiful. But when I come into the presence of God, sometimes my knees get a little bit weak. I get trembling in my spirit, and sometimes the only way I could do is like what Isaiah, he fell before God, and he bowed his knee. Come a time in this service when we have an altar call and you feel the weight of God upon your life. You need to come to an altar, break the mold, and get down upon your knees and worship your maker. Sometimes in Psalms 119 verses 120 says, My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. Sometimes you just got to stand to attention and say, my God, how wonderful and how awesome you are. Your words speak life into me, and it brings strength to my body, and I raise up, and my flesh may tremble. My flesh may fear, but yet my body is full of strength and power because I understand who I worship. Psalms 149, verse number 3 says, Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with a tambourine and harp. I don't have a harp, and I hope we don't have a tambourine. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to say that if old, no matter what it is, I can make a joyful noise unto the Lord because it's unto him of worship and adoration to Jesus. And I know the Bible says to play skillfully before the Lord, but sometimes my skillfulness may not be as great as somebody else's skillfulness, but unto the Lord, I do it as a praise and a love offering to the King. of My dance may not look very good today, but it doesn't matter because it's praise unto Jesus Christ. All right, we're getting somewhere. Now somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Come on, now clap your hands really to the Lord. Psalms 47.1 says, clap your hands, all your nations, and shout to God with cries of joy. There's something to be said when you clap your hands and you accompany it with a shout. <laughs> I've been to a few ball games in my, in my, in my life. I remember going to a Pacer game in the playoffs when they were fighting the New York Knicks. 
You had Detlef Shrimp and Reggie Miller against those heathens. The New York Nick heathens. God can save them too. It's a local call in Indiana. New York, it's a long distance call to heaven. In Indiana, it's a local call. So uh, I was going into that game, and, and I'll never forget this because uh, the, the application that I learned in, in that moment. And I remember when John Starks headbutted Reggie Miller. I come unglued, man. I was in the upper deck because I couldn't afford lower deck. I was still in high school. Me and my buddy, we come off $40 a ticket, and I thought they were going to be pretty good. But no, we were close to nosebleed. And me and Aaron jumped up and started screaming. I let those refs have it, even though they couldn't hear me. I looked at Aaron. We were screaming at each other. I was waving my hands, shouting, getting mad. And the refs were doing this, and they had to break this all up. And I was beside myself over a heathen, headbutting another heathen. <laughs> all, all, all things equal. But I remember that moment, and I got so caught up in the lizard brain mentality, if you will. Those of you here a couple weeks ago, in the lizard brain mentality, I got sucked into the volume. I got sucked into the, the attitude that we were just, we were done wrong. We just sucked into the attitude that he needed a technical, technical foul and he needed to be kicked out of the game. And, and all these things were going, and I don't remember if he got a tech. I don't remember what happened. I don't even know if we won that game. But I remember the thing, the principle that I learned when I got a little bit older. And the Lord said, if you're going to do that at that game, you better do something in my house where the things really matter. So he said, you can clap your hands at a basketball game. You better clap your hands when it comes to the king of glory. If you're going to shout and say all kinds of things to a ref that wants to go home and just get away from it all, I'm here to tell you, I want to shout unto God cries of joy where it really does matter. When you praise the Lord, you're laying a seed in glory. You were, you were laying th treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. Psalm 63 and 4, and I'm about done. I will praise you as long, as long as I live. And in your name, somebody say your name. I will lift up my hands. I sing, I shout, I bow, I clap. But I do it all in the mighty name of Jesus. I do it all. Why? Because in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. In Jesus, I am baptized and my sins are forgiven. I do all things in the powerful name that is above every single name. So every time I raise my hands, every time I clap my hands, every time I dance, dance before the Lord, every time I come to bow my knees in a posture of worship, no matter if I'm singing a song, speaking from my lips or shouting, I want to do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. I come, I live, I have my being all in the name of Jesus. We're going to stand right now. We just stand across this place and we're going to open up this altar for a few mold breakers. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't need a song. 
I don't need a key. I don't need a tambourine. I don't need a, a, an instrument really being played. Because sometimes those things are a thing that helps us break the mold. But I'm challenged just, just a little bit here today. Can you break the mold by yourself? Can you break the mold by yourself? Maybe you've never come to an altar. Maybe that's the edge of your mold that you never got out and walked down to a place of worship. Maybe that is the place that you need to take that first step. And I'm here to tell you today, just as Moses began to raise his hands and was feeling a little bit weary, somebody came alongside him and raised his hands and helped so they can get their victory. You see, Pastor, I don't feel well. You say, Pastor, I don't understand my circumstances. No, I probably don't understand your circumstances. But I do understand the word of God's circumstances. I said, I do understand what the word of God says to do during my circumstances. David says, I worship at all times. I worship him everywhere. In all things, give thanks. See, Pastor, I can't understand how you give thanks in all things. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, that song that we sing, when I think of the goodness and all these, that, what is that saying? It says, I'm not thinking the goodness of my life. I'm not thinking of all the things that I've done right. It doesn't matter what I have done right. It doesn't matter in the, in the whole scheme of things. It's about Jesus Christ. And allowing him to make things right in me. So we're going to worship the Lord here for a moment. Alex George says the best way. Somebody's breaking the mold right now in the name of Jesus. Get the first mold breaker. They already come to the altar. I wish somebody else would come out, get out of your seat or raise your, whatever you feel like the edge of your mold is and begin to shatter that right now under the authority of Jesus Christ. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Ah. 